Welcome as we are kicking off a brand new series today called The Blessed Life. I'm just wondering how many of you out there, you want to have a blessed life? I see that hand. I, I do. Thank you for joining us, our online campus. Also, uh, for our microsites, we have 20 microsites that have been meeting for several weeks now, and uh, just hear so many great, feet, so much great feedback from our, our microsites and, of course, our online campus. Uh, before we jump into this series that we're calling the Blessed Life, I got a really big announcement that I want to share with the whole Valley family. We've been having, you know, hearing a lot of questions and all, and, and I want to just let you know, here it is, big announcement, beginning July 19th, we are going to be starting live services, Sunday services again, right here at our Hopewell campus, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and uh, we'll be following all the social distancing protocols in order to make that happen. You're going to be hearing a whole lot more about that, but that will be live. We have some capacities, several capacity limitations put on us by state uh, government officials and local as well, but we want to let you know July 19th, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, we're going to be live again, so we're really, really excited about that. We'll also have children's ministry. Now, one of the reasons why we've waited is because, as we've always said, our children's ministry, Valley Kids, is not something that is less important than what happens here in our auditorium for our grown-ups. And so we have made that decision. We refuse to start to open Valley Christian Church Live if we cannot provide children's ministry because children are an afterthought. What happens in Valley Kids is just as important as what happens with our grown-ups. So we have held back from opening up for that reason because we don't just babysit over there. We disciple our children. And so we will have Valley Kids uh, Elementary and also Preschool. You'll be hearing more details about the specifics. But just go ahead and mark it down. July 19th, 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock. Uh, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. They're going to be the same services, and of course, we'll still have online campus. Some of our microsites will continue to meet as well, so we'll have three different options for everyone. Well, uh, you'll be hearing more about that, uh, but, but let's jump into what this series is about, The Blessed Life, and, and what we're covering really is a study in the Beatitudes. What are the Beatitudes? The Beatitudes, this word Beatitude, you won't find it in the Bible unless it's kind of like in, in the written in stuff. It's not actual scripture. Uh, it's actually a Latin word, and what it literally means is a state of supreme happiness or blessedness. That's what beatitude means, a state of supreme happiness or blessedness. And the Beatitudes have been referred to uh, by scholars as the manifesto of the kingdom of God or even the constitution of Christianity. We hear a lot of talk today uh, currently in some of the unrest, a lot of the unrest actually in our country about the constitution. And by the way, I love history. I, I, I'm kind of an armchair historian kind of guy. Uh, I'd encourage people just read the Constitution. Actually, a lot of folks think they know what's in there and don't realize what's in there and all the amendments of the Constitution as well. Really, really important uh, that, that we, we are educating ourselves, especially during a time like this. And that's what got me thinking about how important it is to go back to the Beatitudes because the Beatitudes, again, are considered the Constitution of Christianity. If we don't understand Jesus's words in these statements that he makes referred to as the Beatitudes, we'll never understand who he is. We'll never understand who we are supposed to be, uh, what our identity really is as a follower of Jesus Christ, and we will never impact the world around us. And so, 
even as the American United States Constitution tells us what it means to be a citizen of the USA, uh, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident and goes on to tell what it means to be an American. The Beatitudes tell what it means to be a Christ follower and what our life is supposed to look like. Uh, and, and we're going to discover these are like power-packed statements, and so we're going to be taking one statement each week. This week, I'm just kind of introducing, giving the background information to the Beatitudes, and, and, and the reality is Jesus was a master teacher, and, and, and he was masterful at really turning current worldly perceptions and showing what God's perspective really was. That's what the Beatitudes are all about, really turning things upside down. It's an upside down way of thinking. It's, it's totally countercultural to our world, everything in our world. It's much, much higher elevated thinking and perception of God's perspective on the world and on our lives and how we're supposed to listen. And, and when you're listening to Jesus' teachings in the Beatitudes in, in Matthew chapter 5, uh, you see that he looked at the world completely different uh, than, than what you and I naturally look at the world. And so these statements uh, are almost like, as we're going to look at, oh, between now we're going to, one a week, like I said, this is like the cliff notes. This is like the, the compressed download. And, and in fact, these Beatitudes, most scholars believe, I believe as well, everything Jesus taught can be found in these Beatitudes, these simple statements we're going to look at. In fact, if you have one of those red-letter versions of the Bible uh, that has Jesus' words in red, this is the Sermon on the Mount is what it's called. Jesus sat down, he began to teach his followers, and he starts with these Beatitudes, and he goes on for the rest of Matthew chapter 5, then Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. It's the longest sermon that's recorded. And the rest through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is just expounding upon, unpacking these statements. That's how powerful they really are. And you've probably heard a lot of things quoted from this Sermon on the Mount, but you didn't realize it all refers back to these Beatitudes and what Jesus was actually teaching, what it means to be one of his followers. And, and so he decompresses or expands upon these statements in chapters Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Let me give you a couple examples of what you might have heard and you didn't realize what it was referring back to. Here in Matthew chapter 5, and you'll see this in your Valley Notes, I encourage you to go ahead and open up your Valley Christian Church app. You'll be able to follow along. It's going to save your notes there for you. And also we have some questions at the end that are going to really help you through the rest of this series over the next couple of weeks. But Matthew chapter 5, after Jesus gives the Beatitudes, then he says this, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, listen, here are the Beatitudes, boom. And he goes, you're the salt of the earth, but if you lose your saltiness, what does that mean? If you as a Christian don't live by the Beatitudes I just told you, you're good for nothing. That is literally what Jesus is saying. If you don't follow, if you don't allow these to be the character and the quality of your life, you will have zero impact, zero influence, and you will never fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life. That's what it means to lose your saltiness. And so Jesus is saying this, but this, the context is referring back up to these core statements, the constitution of Christianity what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And if we don't know these things, if we don't live these things, 
we're good for nothing. <laughs> Jesus said that. You're no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And let's face it, listen, y'all, isn't that the perspective of most people in our country when they think about Christians? They're not good for anything. Just trample them underfoot. No, no, forget about them. We've lost our identity because we don't know how Jesus defined the identity of his followers. We're taking our cues from culture instead of our cues from Christ. That's why this is so powerful. That's why we're going to go through one by one these Beatitudes over the next few weeks. Here's another example. You've probably heard this before. Also, Matthew chapter 5, same sermon after he gives the cliff note version, these beatitudes, these statements. Then he says, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. It goes on and says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What are the good deeds? The Beatitudes. How do we shine our light? That's not vague. That's not abstract. When Jesus said it, he told his disciples and he tells you and I exactly what it means to shine our light. And that's the Beatitudes. And he says, if, if you don't get that right, you're hiding your light under a bushel. If you're not allowing these beatitudes to really be who you are, your identity and the quality and the character of your life, you're hiding your light under a bushel. That's the whole context of these things that we've probably heard before. You're the salt of the earth. What does it mean to be salty? You're the light of the world. What does it mean to shine our light? The beatitudes. He's referring back. He's unpacking the Beatitudes. So really, really important that we understand these things. These are, this is like Christianity 101. This is like basic following after Jesus. And if, if we were ever living in a time that Christ followers need to be reminded of what it really means to be a Christian, what authentic Christianity really looks like instead of religion, man, we're called to this upside-down living. So that's what I'm calling this introductory message, upside-down living. That's what Jesus called his followers, you and I, too. So let me give you four truths about the Beatitudes as I introduce this. And, and I've asked some of the staff, they're going to help me over the next few weeks to take different statements. And they'll be preaching, and, and we're going to do this as a team effort, four of us uh, that are going to be preaching through this series but, but the background is so important that we understand how critical this is in the life of a Christian. And I encourage you, we're going to look at them in just a minute, but I encourage you to spend a lot of time reading, just read it over and over. It won't take you too long. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 over the next month and a half. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You, you'll be shocked at how clear that begins to all of it fits in, all of it overlaps with one another. Flowing from these Beatitudes. So four truths that we need to understand about the Beatitudes. The first is this, the Beatitudes are exclusively for Christians. The Beatitudes are exclusively for Christians. In other words, if you're joining us today, maybe at a microsite, 
or maybe our online campus, uh, and you're kind of kicking the tires, you're, this is the first experience with Valley Christian Church, you're not even sure, I, I don't know that I am sure about this Christian faith or whatever, that's fine, <laughs> you know, we're, we're so glad that you joined us and you're a part, we hope this is a great experience for you. That being said, just kind of understand, these expectations that Jesus has are not for you. They're not on you if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you don't consider yourself a Christian. So you're exempt from it. However, if, if you are a Christian, and maybe you've been a Christian for a month, maybe you've been a Christian for 40 years, you're not exempt from these statements. This is what Jesus expects of you. And this is what he's always expected of you. And this is what he's always expected of me as well. And continues to expect. The Beatitudes are exclusively for Christians. The, the Sermon on the Mount, this sermon in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is to his followers. It's not to out there, the world. It's to those who claim he's the Christ. While he was here on earth, he took time to spell out to his followers, this is how you're supposed to live. He, he laid out, this is the code of conduct for a Christ follower. And the Beatitudes tell us who we are as Christ followers. Not if you're, if you're not a disciple of Christ, he's not describing you, so you're off the hook. This doesn't really apply to you. Um, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, claim him as your Savior, you're off the hook from all these Beatitudes. Uh, the, you're, you're not going to even really kind of understand this because this is kind of like insider language stuff that Jesus is using here to his followers. The, the reason is that, that this will be hard to understand because it's exclusively for Christians is that uh, until Christ Jesus lives in you, these statements seem outrageous and they seem totally impossible regulations. Because the bottom line is this, you, you can't live for God until he lives in you. You can't live for Jesus until Jesus lives inside of you. And, and, and that's what it means to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. It's, it's not about attending a church, although that's important to grow spiritually after that. Very important, critical, to be a part, to be planted in a local church, to grow and to be with other followers of Christ that can encourage you in your spiritual growth, your, your path, your spiritual journey. But But... It's when we recognize that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life and he laid that life down on the cross as a sacrifice and really a substitute. He took my place. He took your place. He paid for my personal sins and yours as well on the cross. That's what I deserved. Because that's the punishment I deserved, the price that I owed because of my personal sins. That's why he was able to say, it is finished on the cross. It's paid for. And then he rose again for all that would receive that sacrifice that Jesus is my Savior. And then Jesus is my Lord. That means I no longer live in my life for myself. I'm living my life for him who gave his life for me. If that's you, all this applies. None of us are exempt. You can't live for God until he lives in you. And the Holy Spirit, in that moment that we receive Christ's sacrifice for our sins, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. 
so that we would begin to live out these beatitudes instantly, instantly. The beatitudes are exclusively for Christians. Here's the second thing. The beatitudes are countercultural missiles. They are countercultural missiles. Uh, these are like laser-guided missiles, each one of these statements. In, in a culture that Jesus was preaching to originally, and in a culture in which you and I live today, they are laser-guided missiles. They are devastating statements. These aren't like cliches. I, I mean, Jesus is, is literally like dropping bombs on people in these statements. So, so let's look at them. Matthew chapter 5. Here they are. We'll go through one at a time. Just read through them. Jesus says, blessed. There it is, that whole idea of supreme happiness and blessedness. If so many people are looking for happiness and, 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 and blessedness and joy in this life, and Jesus goes, this is how you find it as a follower of mine. Ready? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Next one. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. We talked about this, kind of scratched the surface on this last Sunday, and last Sunday's message as we finished up the New Normal series. We're called to be peacemakers. And you can refer back to that, but we'll be drilling down deeper into it in the weeks ahead of what that actually means. And then he goes on and says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. These were absolutely laser-guided missiles to his original hearers. Like I said, they were kind of like mic drop statements. Third thing that we need to, truth about the Beatitudes, we need to understand is this. The Beatitudes are contrast between Christians and non-Christians. This is, when we live this way that Jesus expects you and I to live, that's when we are salt of the earth. That's when we're the light of the world. Not when we compromise with culture and we take our cues from the nightly news and, and we respond and react to those things. That is below the life that Jesus died to give you and to give me. And, and quite honestly, you know, as a pastor, I'm really concerned about so many that call themselves Christians and aren't even close to what Jesus said. This is what I expect out of you every day of your life as a follower of Christ. It, we're living below the life that Jesus came to give you and to give me the blessed life that he came to give you and gave me. And so this is what we're supposed to be contrasting our life, that we're not like those that don't know Christ. We don't take our cues from the culture. We look to Christ and follow his example. Uh, let, let me give you an example of this. Take the, the beatitude. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It's like literally Jesus is like this. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. And he just keeps rattling off another one because when he's talking to those original hearers, he says, they're thinking that he's going to say, blessed are that they have the religious leaders of Judaism there, the Pharisees and the scribes, that uh, they have, you know, all, all these people are listening, and they're thinking Jesus is going to say, blessed are the Pharisees, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That's not what he says. Blessed are the scribes, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Nope. Blessed are the Jews, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Nope. Blessed is Abraham's descendants, for theirs is the kingdom of God. No, that's not what Jesus says. That's what they had been taught, but that is not what Jesus says. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those whose hearts are broken when they realize how devastating their own personal sins are and they are unable to change. The kingdom of heaven is their inheritance. Upside down living. Shows a complete difference. Blessed are those who are heartbroken and heart sick over how they have devastated themselves and those around them because of their selfishness and their sin. Their inheritance is the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' audience is sitting there and they've learned that from their traditions that they're the ones that are going to receive the kingdom of heaven and Jesus like, nope, you've got it totally wrong, top side down. And so he turns their understanding upside down and says, this is what God says. And your life is supposed to look like this the poor in spirit. But theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say blessed are the moral people, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the good people, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. No, blessed are the poor in spirit, the broken people. They're the ones that will inherit the kingdom of God. And so he turns everything in their world upside down and everything in my world in your world upside down in fact later on in the same sermon just a few verses later look at how clear he makes this Matthew chapter 5 verse 20 he says for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses is even greater than that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. He's calling out the religious elite that were venerated and seen as holy, and Jesus says, they're not even holy enough to see the kingdom of heaven. You've got to be even holier than that. And you can just see these mic drop. Their minds are being blown up from everything they've been taught and everything they understood. And he says, it's not those holy, holy, trying to be perfect on the outside to earn God's approval people that are gonna see the kingdom of heaven. It's those that know they're broken and need a savior that are poor in spirit and they receive my sacrifice. 
receive him as their Savior and Lord. Because no one can surpass their righteousness. We can't earn God's forgiveness. We'll never deserve God's forgiveness. That's why Jesus came. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Here's the fourth thing about these Beatitudes is so important for us to understand. Fourth truth, the Beatitudes are the essence of a Christ follower. This is who you and I are made to be, created to be. It's pretty interesting when you look at these statements. The first four statements are all about inward. What God does in the life of a Christian if that Christ follower cooperates with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life. If not, we may not even be a Christ follower. So the first statement is what happened to a Christian. It's Christ's work by the Holy Spirit in us. It, it leads us to a state of being his followers, being authentic Christians that, that, that people can look at us and we are really the light of the world and uh, the salt of the earth and we're making a difference and, and we're making an impact and good is coming because of the life that you and I are living as followers of Jesus Christ. It makes us who we are. The fifth through seventh statement or even eighth statement are outward things. They're, they're outward things and this deals with our relationships and this is where Jesus talks about marriage. Jesus talks about divorce. Jesus talks about forgiveness. Jesus talks about mercy. Jesus talks about every type of relationship in these following verses in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. All going back to amplifying, unpacking the Beatitudes. It's all right there in these laser-guided missile mic drop statements that we're going to go a lot, lot deeper into over the next few weeks. I, I don't think I can uh, kind of explain this clear enough, but let me try. Everything that Jesus taught and preached really go back to these statements. They're just like, again, expounding on these statements. Everything he lived, everything he did, everything he taught are in these statements. And it's really because of the Beatitudes that ultimately people killed Jesus. He explained them in every possible way that they could flow, these statements. And that's the principle or the core, these beatitudes of, of his teachings of his life. And that's why he was crucified. To save those who indeed are poor in spirit whose hearts are broken when we see how far we fall short of the life God intended for us. That's why he died. That's why he was crucified because so many at that time said, no. We can make our way to God. We can earn our way to God by being good enough. Look at us, full of selfishness and 
self-centered, self-absorption. And that's why they killed him. That's why he died. Because they rejected these beatitudes that are the core of who God himself is and what he intends for you and me as his followers. And so I want to give you a few questions. You'll see this in your app notes that, that I encourage you starting today, read through, start reading through Matthew 6, 7, 5, 6, and 7. And begin to ask yourself these questions as, as we journey together over the next few weeks this summer in this series and we dig down, drill down deep into these Beatitudes. Here's some questions to ask yourself. What are these verses teaching us? What are they teaching you about God? What are these verses revealing about me? Not your pastor, about you. Ask yourself that question. Because he also in here says, judge not lest you be judged. That's all in the same context of these Beatitudes. How have I been thinking like the world? You'll be amazed as you start reading through these. The Holy Spirit will begin to say, you know what? You think a lot more like the world, like the culture, than you do think like Jesus. What do I need to repent of? What do I need to, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for the thoughts I've had, for the words I've said, for the actions I've taken that, that actually are offensive to you, God. That, that I've claimed I'm a Christ follower and I act exactly the opposite. These are important questions. In what areas do I need to change the way, the way that I think? What actions do I need to take in light of what Jesus is teaching me through the Beatitudes, through this Sermon on the Mount? How am I trying to find joy in the world and missing it in Jesus' kingdom? See, I think that's where the rubber meets the road. So many of us are spending so much time, energy, money, mental capacity, chasing after the wind to try to find happiness. And Jesus says, you want to try find real happiness, the blessed life, here's how you do it. These are impossible apart from the power of God in our life. But if, if you're a real Christ follower and Jesus Christ is your Savior and Lord, the power of Christ is available to you. That we not only can read these Beatitudes, Study these Beatitudes. You and I not only can live these Beatitudes, we're expected to live these Beatitudes because of God's power available for you and for me. And so that's a glimpse of kind of where we're headed over the next few weeks. And like I said, I've asked uh, some of the staff, the four of us are going to be teaching through these Beatitudes together. It's going to be a team effort. Right now, I just want to pray, and I, I, I want to just ask God by his gentle, gracious Holy Spirit to really begin to speak to us right now, even through an introductory message, background message about the Beatitudes. I know God's been speaking to you. 
He's speaking to me while I've been preparing this. So let's just bow our heads right now and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word that, Lord, it's not historical. It is past, present, and future. It is alive. And Lord, I, I know even in preparation that, that you are speaking to me about my life in terms of these beatitudes. And Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would continue with that gentle and yet sharp edge of conviction. Speak to us about our hearts as your followers. Lord, if there was ever a time in our lives that we needed to be light in this dark world and salt in this gray, bland culture. It's now. Lord, may we be truly your people as we embrace our identity that Jesus defined in these Beatitudes. And may they be our character and the content of our hearts. Thank you, Father, that the best is yet to come. Thank you, Lord, that the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us to truly change and be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never prayed before and re just really received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, that's the starting point of really living out these beatitudes. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I'd like to lead you in a prayer right now and I just invite you to open your heart up to Jesus in this moment if you've never done it before. And repeat these words after me and invite and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. Just repeat after me right now saying, Heavenly Father, Forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And I ask you today to be my Lord and be my Savior. Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, Direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen. Amen.